With the help of Hashem, we are learning Bavakama Daf Ayin Beis. We left off four lines from the top of the Amid. The Gemara is quoting from the Mishnah regarding a person who steals an animal, an ox or a lamb, and he shechts it, and he discovers that the animal is treif, or as the Gemara is alluding to by the words vechulei, etc. Metavav means that the next statement is of importance if a person slaughters a non-consecrated animal in the Azorah. So there's a machlekes in the Mishnah. The Tanakhama says, even though the animal cannot be eaten, nevertheless, the Ganav stole, the Ganav shechted the animal, he has to pay the four or five. Rab Shimon in the Mishnah says that since a Rab Shimon holds that shechito she'ein ru'uya, that a act of shechito, if it does not halachically allow you to eat the animal, it's not considered shechito. So therefore, it's not called you shechted the animal, and you don't get penalized with having to pay four or five times the amount of the value of the ox or the lamb. So, Rab Chavivi asked to Ravashi, Ah, Shmamina, from our Mishnah, we should prove that that the act of Shechita is only considered Shechita the last kahat. What does that mean? So as we spoke out yesterday, first of all, when you slaughter an animal, the minimum amount that has to be cut is the majority of the kana and the majority of the veshet. The kana is the trachea, the kana is the pipe through which the wind, the air goes into the lungs. The veshet in English is called the esophagus. It refers to the pipe through which food goes. It's ideal for the shaykhet to cut all of these two pipes. But the minimum needed is the majority of both the kana and the veshet. Now there's a machlekes, as we spoke out yesterday, as we'll have today in Baba Kamadaf Ayin Beis, between Reish Lakish and Rabbi Yechanan, in the following. Do we say that which means that when the shaykhet begins to make an incision in the neck of the animal, that initial incision is only considered the preliminary part of shechita, like the hachana to shechita. What is the act of shechita when the knife goes and hits the majority of both of these pipes? So shechita takes an instant, and it's only the last act of shechita. We'll see soon how that is important. That is the opinion of Reish Lakish. Rabbi Yechanan holds that yeshna l'shechita mitchila v'atzoif which means from the moment that the shaykhet puts the knife into the neck of the animal, all of that cutting is considered part of the shechita. What will be the nafkemina? Right over here. We're speaking about a person, a ganav, on top of the fact that he's a ganav, he takes the animal that he stole, that's chulin, and he brings it into the temple courtyard, and he slaughters the animal there. Now we're not allowed to do that. Now really there's a machlekes that we learned in Kedushin, whether that's an Eastern Midoy Raisa or Medrabanan. Bottom line is you're not allowed to do it. Not only are you not allowed to do it, but the moment you have a chulen animal that was slaughtered in the Azara, not only can you not eat that animal, even if the shechita was, so to say, good, you can't even have benefit from the animal. Now we also learned yesterday, or I think two days ago, a very important rule, that whenever a person has something that the Torah, that halacha, does not let the owner to have even benefit from, you're no longer the halachic owner. 
In other words, you can't own something valueless. When is the Ganeth obligated to pay the great penalty of four or five times? When he shechs an animal that belongs to an owner, to its owner. So now the Gemara makes the Gavaldic analysis that I'll prove to you from Ardin that Shechitas only considered the last card. Why speaks out the Gemara? Because the If we were to learn like Rabbi Yechanan, that Shechita begins from the moment you begin making the incision. So let's analyze what happened here. Kivan the Shachat Bapurta, the moment the Shechit, the Ganef, in the Azara began to cut, well, that's already considered a shechita. What were you doing? You were slaughtering chulin ba'azara. So now, asks the Gemara Asra, the animal becomes prohibited, not only to be eaten, you can't have benefit from. And let's just speak out by heart. We learned yesterday, if you look in the Ayin Allah from base, look inside the fourth line in Rashi from the top of the Amid. No, it's the, the last line before the Gemara begins. The third word in the line, Rashi really quotes from now, but let's read it again in Rashi. We're taking it as a given that the penalty that the Torah puts on the Ganef that slaughters the ox or the lamb, that paying back double is not enough, you got to pay four or five. When is that obligation put upon the Ganef? Says Rashi, quoting the words in the Torah, from when you shecht it, and that kulay That for sure means when you finish the shechita. So now we have the problem. If the chiyub of utvachay dalad is only when you finish the shechita, meaning when you go into the majority of the kanan deveshet, by then the animal doesn't have an owner. If you hold that yeshna l'shechita mitchila va'atzayif, because it became aser bahana from the beginning of the incision. So you should not have to pay four or five. Even the Tanakama, let's read inside the Gemara over here. So again, from the moment you started to shecht it, Asra. Idach, when you cut the rest, you are not cutting an animal that belongs to an owner. Why? Like we said, because now the animal is ownerless, because it's valueless. So should that not prove that Eino L'shechita Elolobasayif, then it works. Because if it only becomes when you go into that Rav, Kana, and Veshet. So then, simultaneously, it becomes Asr Bahana, but now you're Chayv to pay Dalad Vehei. Says the Gemara, His attempted answer will be that Ki Ahu Purta. Not like we read out in Rashi, not Utvachai means that Dalad Vehei is only when you finish making the shechita into a kosher shechita. No. That utavachai also means when you begin slaughtering it, your chayv dal When you begin slaughtering it, it still has an owner. So therefore it's good. To which the Gemara says, Ravashi loy Don't reject the proof by giving me this doichik answer that the obligation of paying four or five is from the beginning of the incision. And now we have the Gemara that Rashi quoted, utavachai. That's the taich. We're not debating this. When the Torah says that if a person steals an ox or a lamb, and utivachai, it means kulay ba'inan. And you don't have that when you begin making the incision. So, elo kasha, so again, the question will be on the opinion that holds, yeshna l'shchita metchila v'atzaif. So, amalei, hachi amarav gamda, in the name of Rava, kigain, that the only scenario in which the Tanakame in our Mishnah, 
Who says that if a ganav shechts an animal ma'azara, he's chayiv dal v'hei. Now this is a, this is a doichik, but at least it works in the Torah. It's a doichik in the case. It's only sheshachat mixas simana b'chutz that the ganav began to slaughter an animal outside the azara. It's almost as if the animal is walking or the shaykhet was carrying the animal while you were slaughtering it. And only ugimaran bifnim, you only finished the act of shechita while the animal was inside the courtyard. You know, technically, that's not so easy. You know, you have the five principal laws of shechita. To have the animal moving when you're shechting certainly does not make the act easier, but there's no other option. Because take, if you will hold yeshna l'shechita mitchila v'atsoiv, which is the opinion of Rabbi Yechanan, then uh, that's the only way to resolve the misht. There are other people that learn this question and answer on the following. The first, Amar Rab Shimon, and look in the side in the Mesoyah Sashas, it's not Rab Shimon, it's Reish Lakish, Rab Shimon Ben Lakish, like we just quoted. Rab Shimon Ben Lakish says in the name of Rab Levi Sava, Eina L'shechita Ela L'basayv, which will make our Mishnah much easier. Even if you shechted the whole animal in the Azara, so what? The, the chalois of chulin ba'azara is only at the end, which is, which is fine. However, Rabbi Yechanan, right, the first white line is the one that says, Yeshna l'shechita metchil So now the Gemara is going to try to refute Rabbi Yechanan. So Amalei Rab Chavivi mechoizna l'ravashi. Ah, Lema will have to say that Kosova Rabbi Yechanan, chulin shenishchata ba'azara lavdai raisa. And as Rashi brings here from Kedushan Daf Noyach, Daf Nunches, that really there is a machloikis, whether the Isur of Chulin Ba'azor is Midarais or Midrabanan. Rabbi Yechanan happens to say that Chulin Shirishchu Ba'azorah is Midaraisa. So as Toysus points out, really he's making a contradiction from Rabbi Yechanan and Rabbi Yechanan. Because here we will have to say that Rabbi Yechanan holds Chulin Shirishchu Ba'azorah is not the Oiraisa. Turning to the Ayin Beis, Ahmed Beis, because the Is al Kadat of the Oiraisam, if you're going to hold that the Isur, and again the Isur isn't only that you can't eat the meat. Chulin Shinishkutu Bazara means that you can't eat it, you can't derive benefit. If that Isur is Midoraisa, so again the same question. If you hold Yeshna Lishkita Matchilavatsaif, so the moment you began to make the incision, the animal is no longer owned. Because it's Asr Bahana. Idach, and now when you finished shechting the rest, it doesn't have an owner. And since it doesn't have an owner, why would the Ganeth have to pay Dalad Vehei? That halach is only when he shechted an animal that belongs to the owner. Not only does it not belong to the Ganeth, that also should exempt the Ganeth. It doesn't belong to anyone. And again, the way Teisus explains, it's a stira from Rabbi Yechanan and Rabbi Yechanan because in Kedushan, Rabbi Yechanan is the one that holds that Chulin, Shinishkutu Bazara, is Midai Raisam. Same answer, he tried to answer that Kiko Machayev, Namahu Purto. Who told you that the obligation of Dalad Vehei is at the end? No, the obligation of Dalad Vehei, especially if you hold Yeshna Lishchita, Mitchila Vatsayev, is also in the beginning. So it works. When you begin shechting, it belongs to its owner. You're chayv to pay dalad vehei. But it happens to these chulun shenishchutu ba'azara. Which is why Rab Shimon would say you're pater. Because it's a shechita she'ein ru'uya. So again, Omar Ravashi, don't reject this proof. Why? Because when the Torah says, u'tevachai kula be'inam. 
Utavachai certainly means that you know when the Ganav is Chayv Dalad Vehei? When he fully shechted it. And here, Velek, it doesn't have an owner anymore. Elo Kashe, so Amalei, Hachi Amar Avgam de Mishmei That you know when the Tanakame in the Mishnah of Ayin says that the Ganav is Chayv Dalad Vehei, it can only be Kegon Sheshachad Miksa Siman and Bachutz. When he began to slaughter, but he began to slaughter the animal when the animal was outside, outside the Azorim. It's only that Ugimaran, you concluded the act of Shechita when the animal was Bifnim in the Azorim. So here again, simultaneously, it becomes Chulun Shinish Chutub And again, according to Rab Shimon, therefore the Shechita is not even called a Shechita. The Tanakama holds that Shechita She'ein Ruuya is a Shechita. And when you shechted it, at that moment, it did have an owner. And therefore, you have to pay the al Okay, starting with the Mishnah. Now, this Mishnah, this Sudya, will go into the Fine Gimel. Starting, says the Mishnah, Ganav al Pishnaim. The person steals an animal, and there are two witnesses that testify that he stole. Vitavach, and then the Ganav went ahead and he shechted it, or Umachar, he sold it, al Pihem, based on the testimony of the same two witnesses. And as we previously learned in the Mishnah, that it doesn't make a difference if they are the same, even if there are two witnesses for Ganeva, two other witnesses for Tzvich Mechira, right, that was the whole with Rabbi Kiva, that's, that's the Chiv. So here the first case is that the same witnesses for theft are the same witnesses that he slaughtered. And now, what happens if the Nimtsu Zaymimim, if the Edim became Edim Zaymimim? So again, repeating, we, we spoke this out yesterday, Normally, there's a rule that when two groups of witnesses contradict each other, they cancel each other out, but we don't believe one set more than the other. For example, set of witnesses number one says they saw Reuven eating chalev. Example, chatos. Two other witnesses says no, he didn't eat chalev. First set says Reuven borrowed money from someone, he owes money. Two other witnesses say Reuven did not borrow money. In all of these cases, when two witnesses contradict each other, if obviously they both passed the interrogation of Beisdin, you don't know if one should be more believed than the other. So it's as if no one is here. However, the trader says the following Chiddush, that if the second group of witnesses, they don't contradict the content of the testimony, so the set number one says, they saw how Reuven owes money to someone. Reuven is chayev, $100. This, but how is he chayev? So they gave a case where Reuven borrowed money from Chaim. And where did he borrow it? In Los Angeles. When? Monday morning at 6 a.m. Good. Comes along set number two of witnesses, and they tell Bezdin, listen, whether Reuven borrowed money from Chaim Monday morning in Los Angeles at 6 a.m., or the yeah or the nisht, we don't know. We have no opinion. But the witnesses, they, the witnesses were not in Los Angeles Monday morning 6 a.m. Because the witnesses, Imanu, they were with us in New York. So that is the case of Adam Zayim. And the Chiddush of the Torah is, that, listen, what is the first set saying? The first set, by saying that they saw Reuven borrowing money, they're saying we were in Los Angeles. The Torah does not view it as two witnesses contradicting each other. The Torah views this as we believe the second group. The first group is considered liars. And what happens to the first group 
whatever they were conspiring to do, in this case to Reuven, because of their, now that we know false testimony, Reuven was obligated to pay money to Chaim $100, they have to give to Reuven $100. Now, let's bring it to our case. Two witnesses come and they say, Reuven stole an animal. And then Reuven shechted the animal. Let's say it's an ox. For which, now that Beisden accepted their testimony, Reuven has to pay the owner five times the worth of the ox. In other words, it's kefal, from Geneva kefal, which is the animal plus one, two animals, and now that he has to pay five, then plus three. It's on stages. Two from the Geneva, plus three from the Tvicha, and the Eden becomes Zoymimim, says the Mishnah, Mishalmim Hakoil. Look inside Rashi. This is very important. Top Rashi. Mishalmim Loyas Hakoil, Ubigamara Moikela, it's very important, and this is something we'll get into on Daf Ayin Gimel. Exactly when they became Zoymimim, what were they Mizumim for first? And as we'll learn in the Mishnah, the rule that if there is no Geneva, there's no Tvicha Mechira. The moment we don't know that the animal that Reuven slaughtered was a stolen animal, then just testifying that Reuven slaughtered an animal, that does not bring any monetary obligation on Reuven because maybe he slaughtered his own animal. So for you to say that the Edom Zoyimim became an Edom Zoyimim on everything, the order has to be, first witnesses came and said, let's say, that like in our case, it was Monday morning, 6 a.m. in Los Angeles. He stole the animal Monday morning, 6 a.m. And then he slaughtered the animal, let's say, Monday afternoon at 6 p.m. So first the Edim Zoymimim said, the, Edim, the second group said, the witnesses, you said that he slaughtered that animal at 6 p.m.? Maybe he did. But you, the witnesses, were not in Los Angeles at 6 p.m. to see it. Then the, 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 the second pair, the same ones, other ones, tell Beisden, one second, he stole the animal 6 a.m. Monday morning in L.A. Maybe he did. But the Edim were not there. That's the order of the Mishnah, a lot more in Emirates Hashem and tomorrow share. So then they become Zoymimim, and what happens? What happens now? The first set, they have to give to Reuven, to the alleged Ganev, who now we don't know as a Ganev, they have to give him five bakar, five oxen. Good. Next case in the Mishnah, Ganev al there were two witnesses, same thing, that said that Reuven stole the animal Monday morning in Los Angeles at 6 a.m. And two other witnesses were the ones that testified to Beisdin that this Reuven, on Monday 6 p.m., he slaughtered the animal. And and both of them were found to be Zoymimim. And again, what's going to be the order? The order is going to be that first they became, the, the ones of Tficha became Zoymimim. It has to be that way. And then the Edom of the Geneva became Zoymimim. So who pays what to Reuven? Says the Mishnah, The Geneva and the testimony of the Geneva would have obligated Reuven to pay to the owner Kefal. So they have to pay to Reuven Kefal, which is two oxen, or the value of two oxen. And they don't have to pay five. That's important. Because Reuven already had to pay Kefal from the testimony of the first. The chiyuv of paying five times is not kefil and five times. It's, like, it's a total of five. So the latter witnesses had their testimony gone through. They would have obligated Reuven to pay another three. 
So now that they become Zoymimim, says the Mishnah, Vohachreinim Tashlumi Gimel. They have to give three oxen. And again, let's read inside the Rashi in the Mishnah that Vohachreinim Mishalmin Gimel, Lishoir. Obviously, because if it's a lamb, then the total is only four. So then it's not two and three, it's two and two. So it's two and three because it's a Lishoir that you pay Chamisha. I'm going on Vaita Danashi. Ukigain again, Shuhuzmu Achreinim Tchila. It has to be that the witnesses that said that he slaughtered, they were the ones that first became Zaymimim. Because the E.A. Digenevu Huzmu Tchila. Because if the first witnesses would have become Zaymimim first, then but Lola Eidlis Tvicha. Then automatically the testimony of the slaughtering is irrelevant. And once witnesses give testimony that's irrelevant, then even if they become Zoyimimim, they can't get punished. Because you only do to them what their witness, what their testimony would have caused. If their testimony doesn't cause anything, then you cannot become Edom Zoyimimim. So again, Ashi just points out, we'll learn this tomorrow, that the order, the sequence, has to be first the Tficha, the Ede Tficha became Edom Zoyimimim, and then the Ede Geneva became Zoyimimim. Let's go back in the Mishnah. Now what happens if Nimtzu Achroinim Zoyimimim Again, there are two sets of witnesses, two on the Geneva, Monday morning in LA, 6 a.m. Two other witnesses, group number two, say that this same Reuven slaughtered the animal on Monday p.m. in Los Angeles. Only the latter ones became Zoymimim. So what happens? Who, who's the who, Hevra, the Ganef? Because the Eidei, in this case, the Eidei Geneva were not uh, proven to be liars. So the Ganef himself, Reuven, has to pay Tashlumi Kefu. He has to pay the owner double. Witnesses testified that he ganved. However, vehein, hein meaning the eidei tficham, the ones that became zaymimim, mishalmim tashlumei gimel, they pay three. To who did they pay three? To the ganav. So it actually comes out that this guy stole, but he ends up with profit here. Because he only gave kefal to the owner, and the eidim zaymimim don't pay him two oxen, they pay him three oxen. Now, Next case, a new case. What happens if only echad minho achreinim zaymimim? And there are two different sets. The first one is not proven to be zaymimim. Even the latter set, the one that spoke about tficha, it's not that both of them were imanu in New York on Monday 6 p.m. No. One of the two became zaymimim. So there's two rules. Rule number one says the Mishnah, Batla Eidus Shaniya. That the Ganev won't be told to pay three. Two he'll be told to pay because for the Geneva you have to weigh them. Yeah, it's simple. Why would Bezdin tell him to pay another three because Adam said that he slaughtered the animal? Now that you lost one of those two witnesses, so he doesn't have to pay the Hamisha. But one second, does, do the Adam get penalized? Also not. Because when do Adam Zoymimim get penalized? That Kasher Zomam Lasa Yislaachiv what happens to them, only if both of them become Zoymimim. In the case where they don't both become Zoymimim, then they don't get punished. Now, last case in the Mishnah, what happens if Echad Min Harashoinim Zoymimim? Again, you have two separate sets of witnesses. The latter ones did not become Zoymimim. The first ones become Zoymimim, but not that the group number two tells group number one, both of you were with us in New York. Not that. Only one of the two Eidim of Geneva became Zaymimim. So again, the Eidim Zaymimim won't get punished. You only punish the Eidim Zaymimim if all of them become Zaymimim. 
But on the other hand, Beisdin cannot tell the Ganef Reuven, pay Chaim for the ox that you stole. How does Beisdin know it? One of the two witnesses were not there in, in LA to see it. So, Batla Kol Ha'edus. Not only, nothing has to happen here. One second. I you have Edim of Tvicha. So here says the Mishnah, the rule, She'im ain't Gneva, ain't Tvicha, ve'ain Mechira. Why would Reuven, the alleged Ganev, have to pay five? Because he shechted an animal that was not his. The moment you don't establish that the animal was not his, yeah, you have one aid. One aid is not enough. So you don't know that he's a Ganev. So yeah, of course, we believe the Edim that he slaughtered that animal. But that animal maybe was Reuven's. So that's the rule. Whenever there's no Geneva, there's no Tvicha Mechira. Okay, now before... We're going to come back, like I mentioned enough, Ayn Gimel, into the sequence of the Mishnah, who became Zayimim first, who became Zayimim second. First, we are introducing a very famous sugya. In Bechlal, we know that whenever Abaya and Rava argue, the halach is always like Rava. And that's a big statement, because they argue how, who knows how many hundreds of times throughout Shas. There are six exceptions. That's something that for those of us who have the schus to go to Cheder, we know that halacha ka'abaya biyal kegam. Yal kegam is an abbreviation of six halachas. The yud stands for yu shaloy midas. That's the machloikas that we have in Bava Metziah. You have the ayin is going to be this sugya. Eid zoimim lemafreya nifsol. When an eid or an eidim becomes zoimimim, do we say that retroactively all of their testimonies is not accepted? I'll explain that in a moment. That's this case. Just quickly, Lamed is what we learned in Eruvin. You know, when it comes to a Mavui, to an alleyway that opens up to a public domain, even though the alleyway is Midoi Raisa, not the Rishosarabim, meaning Midoi Raisa you can carry in an alleyway. Nevertheless, Midarabanan, you're not allowed to carry in such a Mavui, but only making a simon to remind you that this is not part of the public domain, that's enough. And there are two options. One is to put a cross bream that goes on the top of the entrance of the alleyway that's called the koira the other option is putting a lechi a lechi is a side post and the question we had in Eruvin is what happens if there was a side post that was already there lechi ha'oimid me'elov it's not that you put it up there it's already there whether it's valid or not that's the yal the, the, so that's the yud ayin lamid the kuf we learned this all together recently kuf is we learned in kedushin and machlek is whether a kedushin shaloi nimsar is called a kedushin which would mean, for example, if a man gave, gave Kedushin to one of two sisters, but he doesn't remember to which one. So he's never allowed to consummate that Kedushin by having an act of cohabitation, because if he gave Kedushin to the sister, having a relation with one's sister's wife, that's one of the Arayas. So it's a Kedushin that can never be consummated. Was the Kedushin B'chal uh, or not? Was it effective or not? So we had that Machloikis. That's the Kuf. The Gimel is Gilui we had this in Gitan. That if a person makes a declaration that could be construed, that he's nullifying the get, do we interpret it that way or not? And the final mem, the mem is mumer which means if a person eats non-kosher, not because they're hungry and the food they think looks good, that's a sin, but it's a lesser sin. If a person eats trefas because God said don't eat it, dafka I'm doing it. So there's a question whether they are still qualified to be witnesses or not. Anyways, these are the six areas that we pass in like Abaya. Now let's learn our sugya of Eid, Zoymim, Nifsalam Afre. Let's read it from sight. Says the Gemara Itma. It was stated that Eid, Zoymim, 
once the witnesses become zoimimim, there are many that explain why it's spoken in the singular, but let's move on. Abaya Omar Abaya says, Lemafreyahu Nifsal. He retroactively, or the witnesses retroactively become disqualified. Gives Rashi an example. Look in Rashi in the Gemara. Lemafreyahu Nifsal, meaning, if witnesses say a testimony in the month of Nisa, and Rashi says, Vuhuzam al next month their testimony becomes disqualified. Because, like I mentioned, group number two tells Beisdin, group number one wasn't in Los Angeles Monday morning, 6 a.m. to see whatever they're saying that they saw. What happens to all of the testimony that they gave between Nisan and Ir? Says Abaye, Kol I'm reading in Rashi, Sheheid, Ben Tayim, Sulois. Everything that they said in between Nisan and Ir becomes automatically nullified. Now that the Torah tells us that we believe the second group, the first group are liars, so they're disqualified to be witnesses. Oh, the question is, how do witnesses do tshuva? We'll leave that for next time. But until they become requalified, it's not that now in Eor that we heard that they became Adam Zoymimim, Mikano Lahaba their puzzle. No, we believe the second group. So now anything that they said from that first testimony is automatically nullified. Back in the Gemara, second line of the Gemara, Rav Amar Rav says, that the disqualification is only from now onward. Yes, the Torah tells you that you believe the second group. The first group is liars, but you only found this out now. Everything that they attested to until now will be valid. And the Gemara explains, Abaya says, Why? Because the Ma'ahu Shaita, the acid, from the time that they said testimony, have a late Russia. Now we know that they are wicked people, they're liars. And the Hatayra Amran says in the Torah, Al Tashes, Russia, aid. Don't place a Russia, an evildoer, as a witness. Simple. However, Rav Amar Rav says, only Only from now on are they considered non-qualified witnesses. Why? Rav has a gavaldic logic. Says Rav Eid Zoymim Chidushum. The fact that the Torah believes the second group more than the first is a novelty, like we spoke out in the beginning of the share. When you have Eidim Hamakhishum Zed Zeh by Eide Hakrasha, when the two groups. Are, are each one are saying the opposite of the other. Group number one says, this is kosher. Group number two says, this is not kosher. We don't believe one more than the other. Why would we? One should cancel each other out. The fact that in the case where the second group is not speaking about the topic, they're just telling Bezdin that the witnesses were with us, the Torah says that you mamish believe the second group. And therefore the first group are liars. That's a chiddush. Because really, as Rabbi says, the hotrei betrei it should be viewed as two against two. And my chazes did soye islahani, soye islahani. Why should you listen to group number two more than group number one? Maybe group number two is lying when they're saying imanu in New York. Maybe they were not in New York. So it's a chiddush. So now we have a very important rule. Hilkach, Whenever the Torah gives you a chiddush, we minimize the application of the chiddush. It's a novelty. It's not rational. God said it. So apply it in the most limited way possible. You don't expand the chiddush because it's a chiddush. You only say it where you need to say it. So now, from now on, okay, they're liars. But lemafreya, they're not liars. Ikadamri, other people have a version that Rava Nami Kabayis Fidolei, that Rava really agrees to Abaya. Really, Rava says that 
theoretically, they are disqualified retroactively. However, but when it comes to all monetary testimonies, Rava says de facto, why? Think about it. The, the case that Rashi gave. Two witnesses in Nisan say a testimony. And in ER, we're going to find out, the Torah is going to say, ah, they're Adam Zaymanim. But until then, let's make believe that you sold the land to someone. And the guy who bought it, you, you sold a piece of property. And these witnesses were the Adam. If you're going to say, you know what kind of chaos you're going to cause now? That means all the people that bought the land, their sale, if it was based on witnesses, will become disqualified, and those f- sales will reverse. It's not fair. So since we don't want for the Lekuchais to lose, so therefore we say, listen, no one used a knowing aid Russia for testimony. No one did that, no one knew. So therefore only Mikhan Ullahabu. And as the Rishonim speak out, being that Beisden have the power of Hefker, Beisden Hefker, Hefker, based in Hefker doesn't only mean that they have the power to take something out of your domain. They even have the power to bequeath it to someone else by their psagdin. So therefore to keep, in other words, a certain amount of law and order for you not to create chaos by saying now retroactively and all these witnesses are nothing worse. They allow, until now everything should go on. Now the Gemara asks, my Benayu, what is the difference between the verse, version and the second version? And as Tresfus points out, I mean, the obvious nafkemina will be what happens if these two witnesses set testimony not, by, not for money matters, but they, they married someone. They were the Eide Kedushin. They were the Eide Gitin. You know, there's so many areas in Halacha where there's no money involved. You cannot use the instrument of Hefker based on Hefker. According to the first version, that Rava holds Pashit Mikanu Lahaba Unifso. So then, if they said yesterday, test, if they were the Eid Kedushin, the marriage is a marriage. According to the second version, that Rava is Moida to Abaya, really, Eid Zoimim Lamafreya Unifso. It's only because of Seyyid de Lakuchais that we, that we say that only Mikanu Lahaba is it not valid, that's only by the Nimaminus. That's Pshita, says Taisus. The Gemara is asking, my Binayu, in other words, can we find even in Dine Mominus a case or two cases or more cases where there's enough community between the first version of Rava and the second version of Rava? And the Gemara says, yes, we could. Well, for example, the Ashidu Bey Trey Lachad Vitrei Lachad. Look at this case, it's Gavaldic. And we're going back to our Los Angeles, Monday morning, 6 a.m. Two witnesses say that Monday morning, 6 a.m., let's speak about our case. Reuven stole an ox. Now, comes along the next month, two other witnesses, not two, the normal case, that tells Basin, hey, those Aiden, they told you that Monday morning on that and that date in LA, 6 a.m., Reuven stole? The witnesses were with us. That's not what happened. Four people came. Two witnesses only spoke about one of the original two. One of you two of the original ones that you said you were in LA 6 a.m., you were with us in New York 6 a.m., only on one. Another two came and they said on the other one of the original set, you were with us in Chicago. So now it's not two against two. Now it's two against one and two against one. Here you don't have a chiddish. What's if Rava really, the first version, disagreed with Abaya? 
because it's a chiddush. So only apply the chiddush b'loshoynoi ein l'chaboy elamishas chiddush ve'elach. In our case, believing the second groups is not a chiddush because it's two against one. Then it'll be moida to abaya l'mafreya onifso. But according to the Ikada Amri, Rabbi really holds l'mafreya. It's only not to create chaos bedina de mamaynas because of pseida de lakuches through hefker based on hefker. We allow their testimony to stand. Even in this case, we'll allow their testimony to stand. So in a case like that, Rava will hold if it's pseida de lakuches only mikano lahabahon nifsu. Now, Tois was asked over here a gavaldik question. Why does it help that you're telling me that two witnesses? said regarding one of the first you were with us in New York and another two said regarding the other one of the original ones you were with us in Chicago one second what are the two witnesses saying the original two witnesses they were saying we were in LA they're both saying we were in LA and we saw Reuven stole an ox so why are we viewing the first group as two individuals they should also be viewed as two it's not two against one it's four against two Taisvis asks and the problem is that in halacha, trei, kemeya, four against two is still the same. So it's still a chiddush. Why is it not a chiddush if it's two against one? It's a gavaldika question. Again, it's not, why are we breaking up the first group? The fact that the first group sat together, we in LA saw Reuven stealing, really each one is saying on, the, on him and on the other one that they were both in LA. Yeah, yeah, yes, we could, but it's still a chiddush. Why is it not a chiddush in a case, in a case of trei lachad with trei lachad? Tzvius is asking, why is it trei lachad? It's not trei lachad. So Tzvius says that the case of the Gemara must be that when the original pair came and they testified that Reuven Monday morning six a.m. in Los Angeles stole the ox, they did not come as a group together. It's, he gives an example. One witness says. They best then asked him, where did you see it from? He doesn't say, I was standing here with my friend. He didn't even know there was someone else. He was looking out of his window, Taisva says. And he tells Basin, listen, I'm only one, but I saw from my window, Reuven stole the ox. Another aide came from the other aide's window. Well, they didn't come as a group. One doesn't know of the other. Now, Basin puts them both together. But what Basin is doing is, they're putting together two separate individuals. So in such a case, now if they become Zaymimim, by having two people saying on one of the two, you were with us in New York. Another two tells based in regarding the other one, you were with us in Chicago. That's called Trey Lachad, Gavaldik. Or going back in the Gemara, Inami, another example will be the Paslinu Begazlonusa. This is very important. What does it mean, the Paslinu Begazlonusa? What happens if two witnesses come to based in, it's not Eide Hakhasha, it's not Eide Zoymimim. Pashit, two witnesses come to Beisden and they tell Beisden, that guy that said testimony, or those guys, those Adem, they are Ganovim. Not Imanu Yisem. By the way, this is not called a Chiddush for some reason. We say whenever witnesses testify to the person, in other words, it's called, they're, being, they're testifying on the Guf HaEdem, you can't say, a person cannot testify for themselves. So if I say I'm honest, that's not even testimony. And if you say otherwise, I am not contradicting you. My statement is nothing. 
So what's going to happen in a case that the first group don't become Adam Zoyimimim? They become inherently disqualified because two people come, and they say the first two, they are robbers. We saw them rob. That's not a Chiddush. So again, if Rava only disagrees with Abaya because it's a Chiddush, then in a case where Paslinu Bigazlanusa, here Rava will agree with Abaya that Lemafreya Nifsa. But if Rava really agrees with Abaya, even by Adam Zaymin, the reason why Rava says Mikan Ve'ilach only because of Psayda Dilakuchais, then even in a case where the Paslinu Bigazlanusa, Rava will still argue with Abaya and say only Mikan Ve'ilach because of Psayda Dilakuchais. Yavaldik. So Lach Lishna the Gemara speaks it out. The Omart Mishum Chidush Lekem, and Rav is going to say Lamafreya. But Lach Lishna, according to the second version, the Omrat Mishum Seder the Lekuchais. Then even in these two cases, even though there is no Chidush, but simply not wanting for the Lekuchais who relied on Adam before we knew the Adam are not good, before we knew their Adam Zaymimim, before we knew that there's a Paslanusa, there's a, the, the Paslinu Bigaz Lanusa. Rav is still going to say that in order to protect the Lukuchais, because of Hefker based in Hefker, you only possibly become the ill. Now, Omar Ravirmi Midifti, that Avad Rav Popo Uvda Kavasi the Rava, that in actuality there was such a case, you know, the Aden became Zoymimim, but they became Zoymimim a month later, and in between the first testimony and now they testified in other cases, and Rava, I mean, Rav Popo Paskin like Rava. We just spoke out that Rav Papa was the Talmud of Rav a few shiurim ago. It was he paskind that whatever those witnesses said, we still rely on them until now. It's only Mikhano Lahabo. However, Ravashi says, I want you to know that Hilchas HaKavasi Da Abaya, the Halach is like Abaya. And as the Gemara concludes, the Hilchas HaKavasi Da Abaya, Biyaal Kigam, Yehushalayim Midaz, Eidzayim Lemafreya Nifsal, Lechi Ho'emid Me'elav, Kedushin Shalayim Sirulabiya, Gilui daita begita and mumer oichel nevelas lahaches. Now that we have time, I would like to share the following. First of all, Alpinigla. Abaya says something rational. Abaya says, I'm sorry, Rava says that it's a chiddush, and therefore eilach aboy elamishas chiddush veeilach. Abaya that says lemafreya hunifsel. Why does Abaya say that? So there's really a big discussion in the achreinim how to understand pshat and Abaya. Let's learn like some who explain that Abaya holds it's not a Chiddush. Why does Abaya hold it's not a Chiddush? Because just like, we just, just like we mentioned now, that even according to Rava, if the second group does a paslinuhu begazlanusa, if the second group tells Bezdin, those two Adim, we saw them rob. Everyone holds, it's not a Chiddush that you believe the second group. I, the first group, is saying we're innocent. That goes to every case. If I'm saying on me that I'm innocent, I don't have any validity. I can't be made on myself. So Abaya understands that when the second group comes, in the case of Adam Zaymanim, and they say that Imanuhu Yisim, what are they saying? What are they saying indirectly? What are they implying? You're liars. How can you say testimony that Reuven stole an ox in LA 6 a.m. when you were in New York? Now, they're not explicitly saying you're liars, but they are implicitly saying you're liars. So many achreinim learn pshat and abaya, abaya holds eidim zoimimim is not a chiddush. 
It's not trey v'trey. Not like Rav says, my chazes did soyis lahani, soyis lahani. I'll tell you why we listen to the second. Because the second witnesses, they are making a disqualification in the people. They are disqualifying the Aden by saying you're liars. They're not saying it explicitly, they're only implying it. But Abaya holds that a implied testimony is considered testimony. So it's not a chiddush, so nifso. Why am I saying that? First of all, it's good to know that. But let's take it a step further. In Mesech de Brachas, there is a story. The Gemara is recording the time that both Abaya and Rabba, when they were very young, they were not bar mitzvah yet, they were studying by their teacher Rabba. And Rabba heard them bench. And Rabba asked them, to whom are you benching? So they answered, to God Almighty, the words that they use, to the merciful one, one of the names we give to Hashem. So Rabba asked these two youngsters, where is God sitting? So the Gemara says that Abaya went outside and he pointed to the heavens that Hashem is in the heavens, sitting in the heavens. Rabba went back inside and he pointed to the ceiling, to the rafters of their building and he showed that God is here in the rafters. Rabba was very impressed with both of them and he said, Butzen, Butzen, now certain vegetables, even when they're very, very uh, unripe, you can already see that they will become good uh, vegetables. So he said that on their answer, Butzen, Butzen, Now, the Rebbe's father wrote that this story, like all stories, he explained the inner meaning of it. Words, where is it that you find God? You know, they asked once the Kotzke Rebbe, where do you find God? Where is God? So the Kotzke Rebbe answered, God is wherever you let him in. Or we have you can find God in your day to day you can find God in your home and then there is not finding God there is losing yourself in God then there is the acknowledgement that what's really happening is so beyond us that's not that we find God in our lives we lose ourselves in God writes the Rebbe's father there's something that's called the Makiv Hakarev it's, it's around you, but it's near you, like your rafters. And then the heavens, it's called Makif Harachik. I know we have a few minutes, but just remember these words. The Rebbe explains that all of the arguments between Abai and Rabbah throughout Shas ultimately are rooted in this question. Do you look at the Makif Harachik, which is Rabbah, or do you look at the Makif Harachik, which is Abai? And by the way, Abai was a Yasim. You know, Abaya was hard for him to find God in his life. His life was filled with Saras. He lost himself in God. He saw God as staying in the heavens. Now, what do I want to say? Just applying it here in words of Nigel. When something is implied, if you're looking at things directly, when, you are, when you're looking at the Makif Hakara, if you think about these concepts, an implication is not as good as something that's explicit. So therefore, Rava who looked at the rafters, who was connected to the concept of Makiv, Hakarev, when two witnesses, the second ones, tell the first ones that Imanu Hoyisem, they are not directly saying that you guys are liars. They're not passing the goof of the Edis, which is why Rabbi holds it's a Chiddush. And since it's a Chiddush, Eiloch Haboi, Elamishas Chiddush Eiloch. Being that Abai is Makiv Harachik, when you look at the big picture, implying, explicit, implicit, it's all the same. Bottom line is, is that the second group is saying that the first group are liars. For Abai, it's mamish just like implying it directly. They're saying it directly. They look at the much bigger picture. And therefore, as we're going to learn that, as the Achreinim explained, ah, it's not a Chiddush. 
The second group are postuling the first group. They're saying you're liars. So the reason why we believe the second group is because, not because it's a Kiddush, is because the first group is not believed to testify on themselves that they're honest. And since it's not a Kiddush, that's why Abayah says, Lema Freyahu Nifso. That's Gavaldik. Emir Hashem, to be continued tomorrow.